0: Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. My name is David and as ever on an episode of General's Orders, who else would I be joined with uh, other than the man himself, uh, Mark, the FBL General. It's been a good uh, game week for both of us, I think. Uh, We've both got green arrows and we've got those three deadlines in the space of seven days out of the way. So uh, a bit of time to breathe, sort of. <laughs> in the sense that we haven't got a decision to make for some time, but there are quite a lot of hot topics and big decisions to be made in the next few days. So it's an interesting time in FPL at the moment, isn't it, Mark? How you doing? Yeah, good to see you, mate. Good to be back for another video. It was
1: uh all about survival, I think, those three deadlines in a week. It's we you often hear content creators, and I probably said it myself, going into December, getting very excited about the best period of the season. But in reality, you just need to survive <laughs> because there's lots of deadlines, lots of injuries. Lots of players that you buy don't deliver and then you don't have transfers to sell them because you need to deal with other stuff. So good to have a bit of a breather this week. No deadline until Friday. Uh, And then it gets a bit busy again after that over the Christmas period. And of course, myself and yourself need to figure out when we're going to wildcard at some point as well. So we must be the only two people in FPL who still have the chip available. So hopefully that will will benefit us and, and hopefully make things a bit easier over the Christmas period. Although if we do end up waiting until 19 or 20, it's going to be... Uh, sneaking away from from the family and friends and stuff to try and put a put a new team together which is never
0: ideal yeah very true well i mean in a way i kind of look at the the last few days of fpl and feel like it's a, a little bit like a, a test a tester you know a sort of well, a taster more like uh, almost as if you will a seven day free trial of this is what christmas is going to be like um so we're going to sort of feed you that period in uh in drips and drabs so that when the when those deadlines do come up we've kind of had some practice in kind of as you say kind of um surviving through that um yeah i think uh, yeah i'm also looking forward to using the wild card as well my team definitely needs it now um we'll talk about that in, in in a bit as well um i'm fairly confident we're the only ones left in content with it we're definitely i think the only show where everyone on the show in a show where there's more than one person, because obviously the 59th minute, of course, everyone on that show still has their wild card as well. But um, I think we're the only one where there's more than one content creator on said show, and they all have their wild card intact. There's a couple of people out there because I talked a bit about it with Johnny on Sunday Night. I was filling in for Ali on FPL winners. There's a few people in the comments who still have their wild card as well. So we if you're out there, let us know in the comments. um Then of course, you know, we can f- form our own little. Wildcard nineteen or maybe wildcard twenty fan club as well, um and yeah, we can we can all work through together and perhaps maybe uh, work out some strategies on how best to avoid the family on Boxing Day morning to sort that wildcard out. Yeah, there was uh, someone tagged us
1: in a tweet yesterday. Yeah, so I don't know if you've seen it, about, uh Wanted us to do a christmas day live stream to, <laughs>
0: to sort to sort the wild cards out so uh i don't know i don't know if you'll be getting that but um
1: we'll see what we can do over the christmas period yeah uh,
0: we've actually had a few people get in touch this week we had a really nice uh, comment uh, from someone else on twitter who basically said that um so they're a regular listener to us um but their wife who he assumes doesn't listen to us is actually something like 50k in the world and she just doesn't care uh, about fbl um we you know Perhaps maybe the secret is not caring. Um, I don't know. But, but Just for the sake of uh, giving out the name check. So it was Lee on Twitter said, uh, my wife is currently ranked 60K. It's her first ever season. She's just asked what the wild card is <laughs> and that. when to use it. Uh, she has no real plan. She just wings it. I'm crying at 274K, which is admittedly still my best season to date. So um, well done to you, uh, Lee, for having your best ever season. Apologies that she's having better luck than you with seemingly less effort um the fact she's still got a wild card maybe she's a secret general's orders listener we don't know but um yeah thank you very much for getting in touch it's very nice we've we've had a lot of comments this year um from people um getting in touch about all sorts of things to do with the show and it's been quite nice hasn't it because first ever year doing it it's always a bit nervous when you start a new fpl show in arguably a crowded market so yeah we're very appreciative aren't we
1: yeah, do you know what? It's funny. I've been I've been doing content for a, for a long time now, and I I learned about three or four years ago just not to read comments or replies to tweets or videos or anything like that because it's always the the one or two negative ones that really stick with you and annoy you for an hour or two. But do you know what? I actually enjoy reading the comments on our General's Orders YouTube video because it's not even ninety nine percent of them are good. <laughs> most most weeks a hundred percent are actually good, which you don't usually find in content creation so thank you for the comments you know we do read them so so keep them coming in as well
0: mm, yeah completely echo that it's been been really really nice really re- refreshing as well um before we head on to what our teams uh, look like in 16 and what they look like next time as ever a bit of a plug for uh, just all things fantasy football scout at the moment you can still save up to 20 percent off on all the packages that we have available head to the website to see which one works best for you we often talk about lots of stats and numbers and, and tables and all sorts of things uh, and you'll notice sometimes that there's content on the website perhaps maybe our articles where there's bits blocked out uh, those are for members only and we also have on friday nights um, well deadline permitting of course um, we'll ha- we have members only videos um, usually uh, is an opportunity to sit down with Andy and Seb from the Scoutcast to see how their team is looking like ahead of the deadline but also jump into the members area and look at some other things as well um Over Christmas, that's going to be tricky because uh, Fridays quite often won't be before a deadline. But there is always uh, loads of exclusive stuff for you guys to enjoy, so make sure you check that out. And, yeah, the Christmas period, arguably enough, is one of the best times for value for this because when you have lots of deadlines in a short space of time, it means that every penny you spend is going to earn you access to information about more deadlines. So now is a great time to give it a try. if you had been thinking about it, so yeah, do consider that. But yes, we must move on and talk about how we got on in game week sixteen. And yeah, sixty six points for you, Mark, up to seventy five k. Your season continues to uh, be uh, just moving in a very positive direction, which is uh, nice to see. So yeah, if you let let us know uh, for the podcast listeners who was in your team, what your transfers were, and uh, well, I can see uh, a big V next to Mohamed Salah, which uh, also helped. <laughs> Yeah, big V, which stands for very nice
1: uh, (laughs) 26-pointer. So, yeah, audio listeners, Johnson and Goal, nothing from him and an injury, so possibly something to deal with for me this week, which we'll talk about later. Pedro Poro's been in there for two weeks. I think it's back-to-back five-pointers. Should have been a lot more. Very happy owner. Blanks for Gabriel Shumakis and Jordan Bayer came off my bench for a blank as well for Erling Haaland. Midfield blanks for Gordon and Palmer, but they do have good fixtures this week. Palmer was the transfer in for the injured Brian Mbumo. Youngman's son with a 17-pointer, really enjoyed watching that Tottenham game, last game of the game week. Salah captain, Salah vice-captain got the 26 points. Always pick your vice-captain carefully. Alvarez with five points was hoping for more in Erling Haaland's absence, but, you know, probably a good pick now short-term if Haaland does miss out again. Uh, You know, I'll be quite happy to own Alvarez for the Crystal Palace fixture and hopefully he can actually get some goals this time. Watkins blanked, but good fixtures coming up. And then Haaland obviously went to the bench along with Gusto and Nakamba and Turner actually made an appearance, which might be actually good timing. You know, if, if Johnson's injured, Turner might actually be an option but the problem is he plays Tottenham at the weekend so I'm still open to the idea of a goalkeeper transfer. So wild card's still available. The points total was 66 went from 158k to 75k. So going very nicely and it feels good to have the wild card available but the key is to get the wild card picks right because I'm always fearful when you've got a team that's performing well it's done well for you for, you know, half a season. I don't want to completely rip it up just because the wild card is available. So it's, you know, I'm I'm going to be conscious of that whenever I do play it. That it might just be a couple of changes around the fringes rather than you know making wholesale wholesale change.
0: Hmm. Yeah, certainly a lot of high performing players in there. That's going to be hard to get rid of. I guess the main thing is perhaps it might be based around fixture opportunities with Son and Salah potentially not really much use to people in January and February if they're involved in the Asian Cup, for example. Um, I guess that's probably on your mind as well.
1: Yeah, we're getting closer to those competitions, which is going to make FPL very tricky. And again, being patient with the wild cards will hopefully help us to navigate that. And on the wildcard, you know, people have been talking about game week 19 for a long time. I've actually even seen a lot of people kind of cancel those plans and play the wildcard this week ahead of game week 17, I guess. A couple of reasons, you know, when Bumo's gone now, Haaland might be gone this week for some people so the blank is easier to navigate in 18 because of that and then there's less likelihood of the double game me 20 because we were hoping to know that by now so fine to go this week on the wild card there's teams out there that definitely need it you know there's there's teams out there that have kind of hit a lot of suspensions Charlie Taylor Douglas Louise Trippier if you've got a few of those and you've got Haaland and some other issues that you've been dealing with, goalkeeper injuries, Sanchez and Johnston. So wildcard this week, I think is fine. But when I look at my team, I'm probably going to hold off. And I'm not necessarily saying definitely 19 because maybe that extra week of information and play it just before game week twenty, which is the last time we can we can use it. It's it's just closer to the to the Afcon and the Asian Cup, and maybe it will just make it a little bit easier to set up for that January period. So there is only I think there's only two FPL deadlines in January, but there's probably a three game week span that's going to be affected by those competitions. Very good article on the the Scout website actually about how how those competitions will impact it and which players we need to be careful with. So yeah, the wild card is it's. It's not set in stone yet when I'm gonna play it, but unless things go badly wrong in the European competitions this week, I don't think it's gonna be a game of seventeen wildcard. Hmm.
0: Yeah. So interestingly enough, when I was talking about my wildcard plans on the show with uh, Gianni Johnny at the weekend, there's actually quite a lot of comments from people that were saying why why wild card nineteen specifically, um why 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 not wildcard twenty? Um, some people were sort of suggesting the fixtures look better that week. I've not actually had a chance to check yet. I will certainly go and have a look at uh, at, at how they compare. And uh, I just wanted to clarify to people that I'm not wedded to it being specifically 19. Um people's comments that i've seen has sort of helped me go okay maybe maybe i should check out 20 as well the general principle stands that i want to do it on the other side of the blank game week so um you obviously of course mentioning uh, game week 20 as well um it's sort of good confirmation that that's also worth investigating and the other thing which we <laughs> we keep talking about is that the game week 19 deadline is of course boxing day <laughs> and so if we yeah. go with game week 20 um that is at a much um less anti-social time i think that one is maybe the 30th i think i have to double check it but it's it's not boxing day morning which is huge is re- really helpful yeah
1: exactly and i'm looking at the schedule here as well and it's it shouldn't play too much into the thinking because the real life stuff shouldn't really impact your fpl decisions but it does especially at christmas time yeah. um you know i've got the little man at his first christmas so i want to be away from my phone as much as possible, uh, hopefully almost completely over Christmas Day, Boxing Day, et cetera. So that is going to play into my thinking. If I feel like, you know, life comes first, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, which it does and it should, that's another reason why maybe just waiting that extra week for the wild card and play it. I think it is December 30th, yeah. is the deadline for Game Week 20. So it's just a little bit less, you know, chaotic time wise and, you know, family visiting and, Out and about and more more so alcohol will be involved (laughs) christmas day and 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 hangover boxing day which is you don't want to be building a wild card squad on a hangover or after a few you know baileys on on christmas night so that will play into my thinking and i I think i've only very briefly looked at the fixtures in 19 and 20 but i don't think there's going to be a huge difference and i i think you know waiting one more wild week for the wild card it's it's Surely not going to have a massive impact. And again, I do like the idea. It's a little bit closer to the to those competitions, and, and maybe a bit easier to set up for them. And, and I always say, another week of information FPL is always useful. So much changes in one week. You know, a game week nineteen wild card squad and a game week twenty wild card squad could have four or five different picks depending on injury, suspension, and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm just keeping an open mind. But uh, I think I'm probably more likely to, to do twenty than 19 just because of just because of christmas
0: yeah so and the other thing you mentioned information uh press conferences will be a nightmare for game week 19 because i'm just looking at the days they'll fall on so boxing day uh being a tuesday and then obviously the, the day before boxing day famously is christmas day there won't be any press conferences that day now with christmas eve being a sunday and the 23rd being a saturday from memory, I can't necessarily remember loads of times when managers have set up for press conferences on Saturdays or Sundays. So if we're going to assume that there are going to be some press conferences on... Well, and, and, well, actually, you know what? Sorry, just looking back, we will have some press conferences because we've got games, sorry, on the 23rd and the 24th, but they won't be proper ones. There'll be reactions to the game that's just finished. So if someone comes off injured, the only injury update you are going to get between game week 19 and between 18 and 19, is it's a knock. We need to assess him. We'll see. But then obviously, how is he going to be? They're not going to risk him like three days, like Saturday, Tuesday. Very unlikely. Alternatively, let's just pick a game out of the hat. West Ham v Man United on Saturday 23rd. Let's just say that West Ham lose that game in circumstances that they feel is not justice in their mind. Right? The press conference in the post-match is going to all be about the penalty decision that went against them. Or maybe someone got sent off for two yellows and David Moyes felt that that yellow was harsh. I mean, you could apply this to any team. I've literally just picked that game out of a hat. I'm not suggesting that West Ham... Necessarily would be a team that would suffer that, or even that the Premier League has, <laughs> would allow such a situation to happen. But we've seen it time and time before, where you have a midweek game or something, where you see a player go off injured, but then all of the post-match discussion between the manager and the press is simply about something that has no impact on FPL because it has a higher impact on football and the major headlines. Um, and then so, so that's that's when we'll get the information for that. However, game week twenty, as you've mentioned there uh it is on a saturday so we've got a much more standard cadence of the thursday friday we will have press conferences that will be purely dedicated to who is and is not fit for that game um and that could be priceless that that's the difference between a wild card that works and a wild card that gets broken because you made it on basically much less information than you normally have and all of the other factors you mentioned there about the, the general festivity so um yeah i am coming around to 20 over 19 more and more so every day i think hopefully um
1: i think for the viewers and listeners hopefully we do end up going for a Game gaming 20 wild card because that would allow us to do one of these you know before the 30th because game week 19 um i like you david but i don't think i'm gonna be spending christmas day with you doing a <laughs> doing a live stream yeah. so yeah Very if calm. it does happen there's uh there's every chance we'll do a a wild card you know general's orders leading up to the 30th kind of you know bounce ideas off each other and 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 hopefully finalize some squad so that that's that's attractive as well it shouldn't be a factor but uh (laughs) it would be nice to do a a wild card video together as we both as we both play it so
0: we'll see how that develops yeah that's a good point actually now you said that editorially i'm like yep there we go that's sorted and we're gonna do it that way I'm just bringing it back down to, to game week 17. Then i have just put your bus team on the screen. Um, so Turner and goal, Poro, uh, Gabriel, Shimikas, Son, Palmer, Gordon, Salah, captain Watkins, Harland, Alvarez, the current starters. Um, lots of um, red and yellow and orange on your bench. So Johnston, Gusto, Bayer and, and Nakamba. Um, I guess how much are, is a factoring in your transfer decisions this week? I mean, would you like to roll? Uh, do you feel like you can roll? Is a lot of it dependent on stuff we don't know yet? Um, yeah. Um, feels a little bit bringing us back down to earth to go from these grand wildcard plans but we do have to get through a couple more game weeks don't we so
1: yeah you had me all excited there for a few minutes (laughs) now you just slapped me with my (laughs) team for game week 17. so obviously a lot up in the air this week Haaland in particular I've got a possible goalkeeper issue to deal with as well so Every, whenever there's a week of European action, I just don't really think about transfers too much because even more could change by the time we get to Thursday or Friday. And it is a Friday deadline for people listening and watching as well. So don't get caught out by that. So there's a couple of things here. If if we get good news on Erling Haaland, I will obviously keep him, but maybe not captain him. If we get negative news about Erling Haaland if there's, or if there's major doubts that he doesn't play, because if you factor in the blank the week after... You also factor in that there's a wild card available, which makes it a lot easier to bring him back in. I will probably sell Erling Haaland for a new striker, who we will talk about later. Um, and if Haaland's okay, going back to that, I would like to make a goalkeeper transfer this week, so sell Johnston. Keep Turner, now that he's back in the team and you know possibly starts the next one, just to have on the bench. I don't want to start Turner against Tottenham because I've got... Oh, sorry, it's not Tottenham. Uh, who's he playing this week? Yeah, it is Tottenham. Um, I've got Son, obviously, and I've got Poros. I don't really want to be playing Turner. Not expecting a clean sheet there. So I would like to take maybe a two-week two week or a three-week punt on a new goalkeeper. Uh, and it probably still is Dubravka. I know he hasn't been great. Newcastle has been conceding goals, but the fixtures are there for three weeks before the wild card. And I'm also, I've said a few times, I'm exposed to the to the Newcastle clean sheets because a lot of people have their players. At least I don't need to worry about Trippier in game week 18, who's highly owned with the suspension. But Bravka, I think Newcastle are top of the scout fixture ticker for the next three game weeks. So I probably would go there. There's talk that Newcastle might get a new goalkeeper, but that won't be until January. So I could get him for three weeks and then change him again when the wild card is played. So elsewhere, I think the team's fine. I like Alvarez against Palace. Watkins is a good fixture. The cheap midfielders, Gordon and Palmer, have good home fixtures this week as well. And I probably... I, you know, I'm a Manchester United fan, but I'm quite happy to captain Salah in that fixture. I seem to remember him doing very well very often in that fixture when I didn't captain him in the past. <laughs> so look at the bench as well. Uh, Byers available, which is, you know, at least it's it's two points if if he's needed. I'm secretly hoping that Malo Gusto comes back just in time that Reese James is injured and Gusto could true, hopefully get a few, a few starts. I'm going to keep a close eye on, on the comments on on Gusto from Pochettino this week because Sheffield United at home it would be a very nice time you know a very useful time for me to have him available if he was going to start the game so you know Gabriel plays Brighton not confident of a clean sheet there and Shimakis plays Manchester United again that's probably fine but if i knew that Gusto was going to start i would definitely play him against Sheffield United in my team so that's what i'm going to keep an eye on but overall like i said i'm i've been fortunate enough there's not there's no suspension issues in my team when there is a lot of players suspended that are highly owned. So I think i think we're going to be just about okay this week, regardless of whether Haaland is fit or not. Mm.
0: Do, do you think... So only thing looking at your team in terms of Gusto and the interest of... I guess it's... In the interest of rolling a transfer not saying that you necessarily should or whatever but would you be tempted to start Gusto and play 433 4 so 442 sorry um and then sell Haaland the next week or do you feel that that's not impactful enough use of your kind of time with your team
1: I would um rather than um keeping Haaland if I if he's going to miss out, I think it's better just to get a, a you know a high impact striker in because there is a few available and I've I've got my eye on one as as many people do um so yeah, I t- and the thing about Gusto, even if there's even if there's positive comments, it doesn't mean he's gonna start. So True. it's it's probably a little bit too early to, to start him in FPL because he could easily just be eased back in, which is often the case. So there's probably it's just a little bit early on Gusto. It's it's a dream that he would play. And if you get a team leak or something like that, great. But they've got the sassy who can play right back as well. So it's um he's probably just gonna have to stay on the bench, but it, it's it's one of those that I'll probably leave him for sub over Jordan Beyer in the hope that he does get a start. And if he's needed, then you know, hopefully a clean sheet against Sheffield United. So it's it's I'm, I'm I'm really dreaming about something here that's probably not going to become a reality.
0: Yeah, and actually the other thing is, whilst it's also probably too early on Gusto's, maybe even too early to make a call on Sheffield United under Chris Wilder because he's come back in um, and already they've got their first win uh, against Brentford, no less. Now, Brentford were without in Burma, of course, but I wouldn't have called that. I would have perhaps if they had a game against you know Luton or Burnley or um another team that was like really really struggling. I know Brentford aren't having their best season but um I think we may have to perhaps retire the idea that Sheffield United isn't an always target team. That they may well they may well go back to being that but I think Chris Wilder siege mentality he's been there and done that before. Um so I don't know I'm I feel like the jury's out on on Sheffield United at the moment. Um, it just has to be like something's changed. It, I, I Arguably it's a positive change and we've already seen, you know, some, you know, results from that. So whilst I've got no qualms starting Palmer, of course, I think, yeah, I'd be a bit nervous to start a Chelsea defender this week. Um, yeah, totally so, agree. Just yeah.
1: when we're on the subject of Gusto and Chelsea and Sheffield United, you know, a lot of people are, a lot of people have been eyeing up this run for, for Chelsea 17 to 21. Um, you know, target them, get double ups, get triple ups. But I feel like I'm happy enough just with Palmer. I'm not really counting Gusto because he's not he's not been playing recently. But I don't think the fixture run is as easy as it maybe looks on paper. You look at the FPL website, the next five fixtures all having you know FDR rating of two. You know, it's just a sea of green. But Sheffield United next, new manager, more tricky opponent. Wolves away is not easy. They're you know playing very well this season. Crystal Palace at home is a good fixture in 19. But then Luton away, which is a very difficult place to go, as many people have found out recently. And then Fulham, twenty-one. You know, they've just scored you know ten goals in the last two games. So, the Chelsea run is not as good as it looks. So that's uh, you know, I wouldn't be certainly wouldn't be tripling up on Chelsea. And you know, factor in that they're not they haven't been great this season anyway. They're you know way down the Premier League table. Um, I think they've conceded twenty six goals as well. I think they've scored twenty six, conceded twenty six. So a goal difference is zero. Uh, And maybe they've, is it something like 19 points they're sitting on in the Premier League? So, you know, some of the underlying numbers are decent, but I think we need to temper our expectations with this this good run for Chelsea.
0: Yeah. Well, so 15 of those goals you mentioned have been conceded in the last six matches. Um, And whilst they have come through a difficult run of fixtures, they, for the first half of that run of difficult fixtures, their defensive numbers were really strong. And they were in the top three, four for like fewest big chances conceded and lowest XGC. But in the last six, they're now in the bottom three. So it's. Chelsea on 12.66 goals they should have conceded in the last six so that's basically about two a game um then it's Luton on 14.05 and Spurs are actually the worst team for this at the moment 14.52 although it does factor in those very high xg goals that Chelsea scored against them in in mitigating circumstances like they're not going to be down to nine men playing with the high line every game so um maybe you take that with a pinch of salt but Chelsea have gone from the very top of the Premier League for defensive underlying numbers to the very bottom of it like Alarmingly quickly, um, so it makes it very hard for us to trust them for sure. So yeah, I had factor to look at in James and
1: sorry, factor in Sanchez possibly injured now as well. Very so true. you know they, yeah. they they could be weaker in goal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's not. It's it's yeah. It's a shaky time. It's a shaky time for the Chelsea defense. So I can understand any reticence from people to either start or sign them. So, uh, so yeah. And well, speaking of defenders. We will put my team on the screen because it's all about defenders this week. Uh, for me, that is. Um, I I'm uh, sat here with someone that basically no one else in my rank bracket has, which is Marcos Cinesi. Um As much as Chelsea have, <laughs> Mark's like touching. He's like, I can't believe it. <laughs> um, as much as Chelsea have. Um, have skyrocketed to the bottom of the premier league for underlying stats bournemouth have gone in absolutely the opposite direction and talked about them quite a lot last week with um with as on the q a and then in my team reveal as well um they were in they were the third best for the six matches preceding game week 16 for fewest big chances succeeded and xgc they're now second best the only team that has a better xgc than them in the last six matches is arsenal they've got a better xgc than man city um, and they have played in that run, Aston Villa, Newcastle, Manchester United. Um, all teams capable of a howler, it must be said, but also all teams capable of scoring lots of goals. I mean, Man United, their manager was manager of the month. So whilst the wheels have seemingly come off very quickly again, you know, keeping a clean sheet away at Old Trafford is still an achievement. And keeping a clean sheet against Newcastle was an achievement, etc. So I just thought I need to, uh, I need, well, I've needed some new defenders for a while. I missed the deadline on Tuesday. Um, people who've watched a couple of videos I did last week will sort of understand the circumstances around that. wasn't uh, a planned miss the deadline or a role of transfer, but just had a bit of a family thing going on that needed to deal with. Um, it did serendipitously set me up to have two free transfers this week. So I knew I needed to get rid of Van de Ven. I knew I needed to get rid of Estupinan. Um, Trippier and Sanessi admittedly were both on yellow card, four yellow cards. And, of course, Trippier is now suspended. Got me a minus one. But so actually, I probably should have just not made the move and the Stupinan would have scored me zero and it would have been fine. But, you know, it wasn't to know they were going to get, you know, uh, thrashed by Spurs, really. But at the very least, I now know that Trippier is available for 18 and I really was signing him for 18. Um, I didn't like the fixture this week, but I didn't like anyone's fixture this week. I just needed some starting defenders who maybe had a chance of getting something for me. Um, so yeah, um, Van de Ven to Sinesi, uh Stupinan to Trippier. So the rest of the team then, Johnston in goal got injured, Simikas on two, Trippier minus one, Sinesi 15 palmer got one saka and drb both blanked um i also vice captain salah so i got the points there. 26 two for bowen his first ever blank away from home this season i like you was expecting more from alvarez um because i thought you know he's gonna play up front so five points is a bit disappointing but i'm happy to start him against crystal palace i think and then archer came off my bench for harland for his continued um just disappointing two points every time um so yeah, but you know, not a bad game week. Fifty-seven points. I, I I needed to stop the rot. It was three red hours in a row. I managed to go up another twenty k places. I'm two hundred eighty k, and I feel like I can justify not wild carding this week or next. And wild carding, as we said at the time, we've kind of already talked about. So, yeah, um, quite a week, <laughs> quite a week. I've never had anything like what I had with Sinesi. So, yeah, you might. No, I couldn't. To... Yeah,
1: <laughs> when you, uh, I seen you tweeting about Sonece when he scored. And I, I just automatically thought it was your dad's team because uh, we know what he's his record is of bringing in random cheap defenders that go on to perform well. So there's definitely something in, in the genes there. He's they've got the knack of picking uh, obscure defensive picks that somehow turn up and get back-to-back goals. So no, well done, nice pick. It's um, talking about it earlier. It's it's not very often in FPL that you basically have a player that no one else has. You know, you know, I spend all my time all week on fpl twitter and slack channels and all that kind of stuff discords and i haven't seen anyone else who owns senesi i'm sure that's going to change now after the after the two goals but it's a it's a very sweet moment when you get someone
0: uh, with a you know massive haul that, that no one else has so that was a nice shot in the arm for
1: mm. for your game
0: week yeah i didn't have son so it kind of counteracted that i didn't have him um and sort of kind of just reset my team to where Uh, You know, I kind of hoped I would end up because, yeah, 15 points for him, 17 for Son. So um, you are right. People have moved to him, I want to say, sort of in their drove. So I signed him when he was 0.3% owned in the world. Um, At my rank bracket at the time of that game, he was in 0.0% of teams in my rank bracket. So either I'm the only one in my rank bracket or there's a couple out there that just mean it's less than 0.1% or rather probably less than 0.05% so that it's not rounded up to 0.1% or something like that. My maths is a bit rubbish sometimes. So probably said that wrong. But either way, not many people have him. um, So that is useful. But he's now 1.7% owned. So he's already gone up by 1.4% ownership uh, in, in the last couple of days. And, well, I will just go into some detail in terms of why I signed him because, yes, it is very my dad to, for me to have done this. And, of course, I have had a lot of defender jam this year. A lot of people have uh, very kindly got in touch to tell me I'm jammy once again. Um, normally, I'm, I'm happy to allow those comments, but I'm actually going to put my foot down and say this was not jam. This was a very logical uh, decision that I went through because there was all sorts of things that pointed towards him maybe having some success. Now, I, he's already returned his points, and so now the Luton and Forest game, great. They, they were really what I signed him for. But I needed to sign some defenders this week. And I thought, Man United, you never know what you're going to get with them. Maybe, maybe I will get marginally lucky. But I'll just walk through the, the different stages. I was looking for a new defender. And I've already kind of mentioned some of the stats there. Bournemouth have been in the last six matches going into 16, one of the best defensive teams. Um, you know, three wins in their previous four, two clean sheets in that time, one of which came against Newcastle. So not to be sniffed at. At a time when very, very few teams can either offer good fixtures and good defensive form, because they're either offering good fixtures and bad defensive form, Chelsea, or good defensive form and not great fixtures, Arsenal, You know teams like that. So I needed someone that kind of ticked a bit of both boxes, and they were pretty much the only team. So I thought, okay, I definitely want to be invested here. Let's look who they're playing. Well, Luton and Forrest in the next three, uh, at the time that I made the decision in the six matches preceding that game week, Luton and Forrest were both in the bottom three for XG Produced. So, in effect, we had a team here that has been stopping other teams, creating big chances against them, going up against teams that have found it difficult to create such chances. That is always a fantastic combination for some reliable clean sheets. So, you know, in a week when lots of people needed a new goalkeeper, I was telling people, I think Neto's worth a shout this week, and obviously he's got himself a a nice little haul at Man United. Um so, yeah, I, it's just the simple thing is that you just look at him and it's like, oh, wait, but he's a Bournemouth defender. But then I was like, why should that make a difference? You know, like anything can happen or change in football. We shouldn't let the badge dictate what we feel about that team. We've got to be pragmatic. You've got to test your theories you know about that team. Do they still hold up? We've been used to Bournemouth defence being very unreliable for, what, six or seven years, really, because they've always played a style of football that just makes them susceptible to concede goals. Whilst they play a very high intense game, it's now working, right? And it's working to the extent that they are limiting teams, creating chances. So they all are all of a sudden trending in a good direction. So I thought, okay, let's go there. But when do I sign him, right? I could sign him next week, but really I don't want to make any transfers in 17 because I want to roll in 17, make two transfers, maybe three for a minus four in 18 so I can maximize it. So he's playing United this week. And as I said, I thought maybe, you know, they get something here because it's United. But I thought I'd just go and double check. Uh, attacking stuff. So I was interested in Bournemouth, didn't know which defender, basically. He was in the top 10 among all defenders for the six matches before this one for expected goal involvement, Sanessi. So he was clearly the most attack-minded Bournemouth defender. You know, he's created uh, more XA and more XG than combined, than any of the fullbacks. So I didn't go for a fullback. And then I looked at Man United In the six matches before this game that they've just played, they were in the bottom four for most chances conceded from set plays, so I was like, "Well, there we go." That I'm happy to start him against United because the data is kind of telling me there's a decent chance here that United are going to concede a set play chance. Who's the most likely to be on end of that? Well, the data says Cinesi. Um, and he's also playing for a team that could keep a clean sheet. And I got all of those things, and I I, I did a full on knee slide in my front room <laughs> because all of that came you know to fruition. So while it looks like jam like it really there was a lot of thought that went into this um so yeah i'm very happy about it <laughs> i think uh,
1: someone's going to clip clip that and uh it'll be when you when you google um show me an fpl geek it'll be <laughs> it'll be you going through your thought process of getting sanessi but uh again it's it just shows you if you if you do put in that little bit extra looking at the numbers for example in the scout members area that that is where you can get an edge you know it's uh, it's very hard to get an edge in fpl these days but when you get those little stats that kind of match up with each other you know expected stats and all that kind of stuff you can you can definitely unearth little things that people who don't put as much time in as you can, can and you can certainly benefit from that so so nicely played
0: mm. yeah well thank you Well, it's a great ad- advert for the members area as well so um if anything i was paid to do this um <laughs> so uh, yeah Although, unfortunately my team is in a little bit of a mess for this week i will admit that i was hoping to make um a bit of a a role this week but of course i now have an inactive Trippier and a potentially inactive harland which would mean probably having to start well and also potentially johnston as well so starting turner maybe also even starting anderson uh but then again you know crystal palace away at man city they actually have had a lot of luck there in the past and they could be without harland but either way it's not ideal because i i could start cash away at brentford but wow Villa what incredible form they're in there's kind of no reason for Emery to change anything which of course is also an issue for Diaby as well because he's not starting anymore either so it would mean yeah Turner, Anderson, Shimikas, Senesi, Saka, Diaby, Palmer, Salah captain, Bowen and then Archer and Alvarez up front because of Wilder coming in and Chelsea looking a bit ropey I don't mind starting Archer for this one arguably he's probably the least of my concerns because I think he at least plays maybe Nick something but either way If I want to roll into 18, which I think is going to be great for my team, I might have to (laughs) feel a bit of a mess for this one. So it is annoying. Uh, There'll be people in the comments who will be like, why did you sign Trippier when you knew he could get suspended? Well, I just felt like I needed him for 18, and I felt like he could do something decent against Spurs. And he might have done. I know he had a horrible time, but um, at least now I know I've got him for 18. So he's not going anywhere.
1: Yeah, and I don't don't agree with that. If, If a player's on four yellows, you can't not buy them because of that. You know, there's a lot of them still on four yellows now, but you just you can you can definitely miss out in points by avoiding. You know, we Diego Costa is the famous one when he was at Chelsea. He was on four <laughs> yellows for about for about two years and he, I think he scored 20 20 league goals that season and we missed out in a lot of points when we didn't go there and we always reference that one. And, and Trippier's the same if you get your yellow it's fine. You just bench him for a week and then you've got him for the good fixtures afterwards. So uh, especially when it's a good pick like Trippier, you uh, you don't worry about the yellows.
0: Yeah, for sure, yeah. I mean, in terms of the rest of this team, do you think it's rollable or do you think I need to fix something? Because I feel like I should, but I don't want to.
1: <laughs> I think I think the way we've been playing, myself and yourself, you know, it's very patient and we, we don't mind, you know, taking difficult game weeks on the chin when we know the, the wild card's coming soon. So even if it's a grey arrow or a small red arrow, we, we're not, it doesn't really bother us too much. Um, I think at the moment you probably you probably can. You probably can roll, Um but then if it, it depends on the information because if if we do get news that Haaland's going to miss i think we just get a we get a striker in and then we get him back either 19 or 20 when we when we do play the wild card so um yeah all depends on on that information i think
0: and actually it must be said that if if Haaland is out and my replacement and I, and i feel compelled to replace Haaland i would probably sign someone who has a good 18 fixture but also has a good 17 fixture and so maybe because if i'm telling myself i want two free transfers in 18 to maximize how many 18 active players i can bring in if i've already brought one in as a harlem replacement and i only have two one free transfer next week and i was planning on maybe taking a minus four um to replace alvarez for example as well as someone else um then in effect i've still used three transfers across two game weeks and it might get me more points in the bank by doing it this week so actually, the more I think sure. about it, maybe I should be more prepared to spend that transfer this week if it can improve my team.
1: And surely um, Ollie Watkins is the obvious one because Brentford next and then the good fixture against Sheffield in 18. I know Solanke's interesting as well, but surely I think yeah. Watkins' non- non-owners non should probably just go to him from Haaland if he's out. What are your it, thoughts
0: on that? It would be a tricky call between the two of them because I actually do think that Bournemouth have the better fixture at home to Luton. Because um, Luton, whilst they are... uh, fierce opponents at Kenilworth Road now which is is nice to see of course especially I I mean I've seen Luton play in the Football League many many years ago and it's quite refreshing to see a team that I was watching in the League 2 match only about 6 years ago um, be able to invite the best teams in the country to Kenilworth Road and give them a game when they're away from home it's a little bit of a different story and the form that Bournemouth are in um, I think and and when you consider that Villa are a bit weaker away from home than they are at home I mean certainly Watkins is on my mind um, but I actually think I po- probably prefer you this week if I'm going to make a move. Um, I've already I wedded myself to Bournemouth.
1: <laughs> now I know what to get you for Christmas. Uh, the the new the new Bournemouth kit. With, uh, oh please! Was don't. was was Sinese
0: on the back? The the worst part of this is I'm a Reading fan and we don't really like Bournemouth. Um, so it's a bit sort of ugh, you know. Um, it, it, it's one of these. The the, the Reading Bournemouth rivalry is very weird. Like we don't really mind that we didn't used to mind them too much. Our biggest rivals are Swindon and Oxford. They're they're the big ones, you know. That's the big derby. But Bournemouth inexplicably kind of hate us. And I think it's maybe because they need someone to hate because they kind of struggle to be relevant in the Southampton versus Portsmouth thing because Southampton and Portsmouth don't really care about Bournemouth. They only care about each other. And so Bournemouth are one of these teams and I hope I'm not disrespecting Bournemouth fans watching this because this just purely comes from a sort of partisan football fan space. (laughs) I sometimes suspect that they're just looking for people to have rivalries with. And that's the general Reading view is like, what? Uh, wait sorry you hate us w- what for and we just don't get it so then in return we pay them back for that negativity with being like Do you know what we don't like you either so like it's it's a very difficult time for me <laughs> to, to have to deal with maybe two Bournemouth players um but you know I mean I'm kind of I'm only marginally joking obviously I'm, I'm a mercenary when it comes to FPL um whether or not I'd have a Sanessi shirt on my wall. I mean, that's very kind of you to offer the gift, but I don't know. I'd have to have a check with all of my Reading FC friends and see, I'll have a, I'll have a chat with uh, with Flapjack from the Scoutcast. He'll be able to point me in the right direction of what is the, the tactical thing to do with a Bournemouth shirt. <laughs> it's very tricky. <laughs> so apologies, you were trying to be really kind there and I'm like, uh, well, actually, Mark, here is some really interesting Southeast football dynamics for you to, to learn on the fly.
1: Too far uh, too far away for me, the Southeast, <laughs> to even think about
0: I know, I know. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're yeah down here in the southeast. We might as well just—it's—it's not—it's not—not really a, a hotbed of of fierce rivalries, dare we say, unless it's Reading versus Oxford. But we are digressing far too much here, and that is completely on me. So let's move on to what we're all here for, which of course is the orders. Let's start with the uh, the very first one, and you guys won't be shocked to see who's on the screen it is the Norwegian meat shield himself, Erling Haaland. So, um, yeah. That's kind of what everyone's talking about in FPL this week, but you have an order as ever for the biggest talking point, Mark. So take us away.
1: Yeah, order number one this week is sit on your hands until Friday. It's obviously very tempting to get rid of Haaland because it frees up so much cash, but there's no need to do it until Friday. Uh, The deadline is Friday, Um, You know, Friday morning, Friday afternoon. Just wait to see what comes of it during the week. I don't know if you've seen it on Twitter yesterday, David, but uh, FPL Focal was doing some digging. Um probably should leave this for the dad's army section because Erling Haaland's dad, Alfie, apparently sold him last week Ooh. before the before the game. And uh, apparently he's in a mini Alfie's in a mini league, I think, with maybe Haaland's brother and maybe a few other family members, and they all seem to have sold him. So uh, good wow. digging done by FPL Focal. So maybe that means maybe that means he's gonna be out for a wee while if they were if they were happy to sell him or Maybe they're casual managers and they just don't <laughs> like having an injured player for one game week. So they got rid of him and maybe they're going to bring him back in for the Palace fixture. So um be interesting to see how that one develops. I think Alfie's actually... I think I had a look and he might be like 150k or something. So oh, its wow. uh, he's actually doing, doing all right. If it is him, of course. It does look like it is. Um, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that mini league disappearing or or <laughs> or, or getting shut down off over the back of that. But uh, yeah, so... One, one to keep an eye on um yeah just just do nothing just wait for information some people you've have probably sold them already obviously if you've done that it's fine and you're hoping he misses out then but if you're if you're listening to this or watching this and you still have him just wait we, we don't know what's going to happen uh and it's not just halen you know something else could happen in your team that could impact your transfer plans you might end up making a double transfer you know let's say one of your midfielders gets injured midweek maybe you sell Haaland you know a downgrade to a Watkins or a Solanke or something like that and then you get a Son or a Salah or Saka if you don't really have them for your injured midfielder so just be patient as always
0: and wait until Friday. Yeah I I agree and the handy thing is we've got these midweek games in in Europe as well which obviously don't actually mean very much Man City uh, but at the very least it's actually extra opportunities to for journalists to have a chat with Pep Guardiola and that's not necessarily to suggest he's going to be as forthcoming as we would like but it does give us an ability to track how things are going um, uh, two bites at the cherry of him to potentially say maybe he's back for this maybe he's back for that I don't know so that is definitely very very useful um, the way that's all going to line up so yeah for sure definitely um, wait until Friday for that um, for sure you mentioned Dad's Army so let's um, let's scoot off to how my dad's team got on this week no Senesi unfortunately um, <laughs> uh, we actually have a couple of updates to do because he obviously uh, we, we missed a game week so to speak uh, in the fact that we had uh, the midweek one um, so I'm actually just going to send Mark and my dad's team so he can actually see it and react as ever I like to get his Immediate live reaction. Not a good week this week. Thirty-seven points for him. Um, the first transfer that he made was in game week, uh, going into fifteen, I believe. And we were hoping that he would replace Matip and get someone in that defender slot. Didn't happen. In the end, his transfer uh, was he bought Douglas Louise for for that week. And I'm pretty sure he sold a Villa midfielder to do it. Uh, I'm just double checking it now. Um, It was D'Arby. John McGinn? No, Uh, no, it was D'Arby down to Douglas Luiz. which selling D'Arby did make some sense because he wasn't playing anymore. Douglas Luiz obviously playing more uh, and had been on penalties as well. He, of course, now is suspended. So that was a bit of a damp squib across the two game weeks. Then this week, um, he sold Johnston and Umbermo to get Jose Saar, and Norgard. so i mean again like really really obscure it's just they haven't come off yet so Norgard got two points sar got two as well but I mean, to be fair signing a wolves defender is not a bad idea they had some good fixtures so forest one was probably the most appealing of them uh but yeah a little bit of continued stagnation for him unfortunately the, the transfers continue to be very on brand they're just not always paying off basically the only people that delivered for him this week was son and alvarez um so, yeah, and he took a minus four as well. So not a good week for him. He needs he needs a bit of a nitro boost in the next couple of weeks. But I'll be seeing him over Christmas, so I might be able to help him with his Christmas transfers at the very least. Yeah, yeah the Norgaard
1: one's uh, a bizarre one. Again, you're the first person I've seen to own Sunese and <laughs> your dad is the first person I've seen to own Norgaard, I guess. Did you say he sold Mbumo? Yeah, that's right, yeah. So, he, yeah, he's just like, right, I'm just going to get another give me any other Brentford midfielder to replace him Bemo. Probably didn't too lazy to change the <laughs> the filter to a different team. So he's like, right, I'm selling Bemo. So I'm just gonna replace him with another
0: Brentford midfielder. But yeah, Norgard yeah, watch watch Norgard now smash it <laughs> up over Christmas. I know, he's going to... Yeah, well, I mean, and there's no evidence to suggest that's going to happen, which is why it probably will. Because, yeah, two attacking returns this year, 38 points. I mean, just looking at the list of transfers on the Brentford page, like, obviously, Umbermo is the top-scoring midfielder at 87 points. Jensen's on 58 and is the same price as, um, as Norgard, but he hasn't played in a while. So he probably just... His logic was, I want a, a Brentford midfielder because I... I had Burmo because I like the fixtures, I guess, although that in and of itself might actually be too much thought for my dad. Um, and then it was either Yanelt, who's had two assists this year, or Norgard, who has a goal and assist this year. Maybe a, a coin flip between the two. I actually had a teacher at school called Mr. Norgard, who was my geography teacher. So it might just be I'll get him because he's got the same name as David's geography teacher from way back. That's That, that could That's genuinely probably be the logic. Yeah. Um, so that kind of logic is not going to help you win the church league though dad so come on let's sort things out um, and yeah as I said he's still fourth in that so oh, we will see he needs uh, he needs a very Merry Christmas um, to get um, back on top of the path for that one so yeah sad news sorry that we can not the better news has he has, has he a wild card yet no I think he still has it let's double check it I should know this but I, I like to try and not keep tabs on it too much so that when we look at it together we're very much capturing our um, <laughs> we just look I at know it you and- don't I know you don't usually talk to him about this, but make sure if it gets the game at 19 and
1: he hasn't played it, make sure you give him a nudge before 20 because we want to we want to see what his wild card picks are this season. Very true. You know, it's 15 15 exciting moments seeing which <laughs> which players he's picked for for the new year.
0: He has not used his wild card. Just confirm that. So, I mean, hey, if me and my dad both wild card on Boxing Day morning, um, at least I'm spending time with family. Could always live stream that. I mean, we probably won't, but like. It's possible it's possible so yeah i will i know that the rules of the game that we sort of came up with is that i don't talk to my dad about this but i feel like i might need to i might need to help him with his wild card so if he turns up with like the best looking wild card you've ever seen um might have been me um but we'll see we'll see how he feels you He's should
1: you should definitely you should definitely record him without his knowledge building his <laughs> wild card squads on christmas night for
0: boxing day that would be that would be content gold. <laughs> it really would. I don't, I don't know if it's ethical, unfortunately. <laughs> I think I would have to tell him. But um, he, he probably wouldn't mind. He's um he's a very shameless person. As you all guys will all know from that time, I shared a picture of him picking his team. with his. He was in his model railway room and he has one of those headsets so that he's got like magnifying glasses that come down over his glasses and lights so that he can work on his model railway. Very intricate things and just happened to still be wearing them from his model railway work whilst he's picking his FPL team. And yeah, it does very much look like he's, he's using all of the gizmos around it to pick his team, which maybe that's the secret. I don't know. So the content would his, be very good if we could get it. Gets his magnifying glass is out and his head, head torch on to decide between Norgaard and Janelt for <laughs> his, for his midfield. Oh yeah. Well, it's not worked out so far. Maybe he was zoomed in too close. Maybe that's the problem. Um, he, he saw the he saw the sort of somewhat Scandinavian name and just assumed it was Haaland or something. I don't know. But he owns Haaland, so maybe that's not what happened. Who knows? We will never know. That's the thing. We never know who's going to sign, and that is the beauty of it. So, yeah, we will see um, how that goes over Christmas, um, thankfully enough, and we'll come on to it after the next order. Slightly better luck for your family in FPL this week than, uh, than mine. So, um, yeah, we have got some good stories about our families this week. But before we get there, of course, we've got another order, um, which does actually, of course, involve uh, someone who's in your son's team uh uh, which is, of course, uh, some, uh, Son Hyungmin. min he tripped over his name there. Um, order two is about Spurs, so take us away.
1: Order number two this week is prioritise buying Pedro Porro and or heung Son. So I think these two are... Two of the best picks in the game. Pe- Pedro Poro certainly up there is one of the best defensive picks in the game, especially now that Trippier is suspended and hasn't been doing much recently. And Trent is obviously quite hard to get to for most people. So you get yourself kind of a budget Trent with, with Poro. It uh, just looks so good, you know, set pieces, open play, creating loads of chances, getting shots in the box, just a, just a no-brainer FPL pick at the moment uh, with good fixtures to come in the next few weeks as well. And Obviously, heung Son was huge for people uh, in game week 16 as well. If you don't have him, then I think you prioritise trying to get back to him. And, and Erling Haaland might might make that easier for you if we get news that Haaland's out. Especially if you have two free transfers, you can you know pivot from Haaland to Son quite easily. And even if it needed a minus four, I think that would be absolutely fine as well. Because Son with those fixtures, recent performances, just such a good pick, looked so good in that game against Newcastle on the wing. I actually think I might prefer him on the wing, you know, rather than through the middle and good to see him taking the penalty as well. Spurs finally got one. So yeah, if if you're making transfers this week, if you can get one or both of Poro and son, that is certainly a good idea.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Him being on the wing is is definitely useful because it almost suits his style better because He likes to play off the last man and he likes to run into space and it's much easier for a wider forward to do that than for someone who is like kind of the the center of the attack because then he has to contend with center backs and while Son is a good player and can outpace a lot of center backs when it comes to a one sort of one-to-one kind of if they're both sort of you know going up against each other for the ball you know I would back a lot of center backs over him just because of the strength and um, the fact that it's sort of Taking the ball to feet with his back to goal is not really where he plays best. You really want him running beyond, and so a foil like a Richarlison, um or, or Harry Kane <laughs> to uh, to be in that to to really be the focal point of the attack, soak up a lot of the attention from other defenders and allow him the more creative freedom is actually quite useful. So um, whilst Richarlison has historically not done well at Spurs, um, I do think him being in the team the way he is, the way he is, I think I agree with you. I think. There's all sorts of reasons to be encouraged about seeing Son in in that position. We we always get excited sometimes when someone plays out of position and they go up front, but it doesn't necessarily always mean they're going to be better. And he, and he has done well, so don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Son's been a bad option, but I just think if he's on the wing, he is even better. So yeah, yeah
1: totally agree. And it's um, I don't know why we get excited about people going through the middle. You know, we see it with Rashford and a few other players as well. But if you think about it, you know, when someone plays through the middle, you you get less touches straight away as a, as a striker. Um, So your assist potential is diminished, and we know how good Son is in a 1v1, and we've seen it against Newcastle, so I think his assist assist potential just goes up quite a few levels when he plays on the wing as opposed to through the middle, and actually seen today on Twitter, I think heung Son has overtaken Christian Eriksen for assists for Tottenham in the Premier League, so... I think it's something like 83 or 84 assists now for Son. And he's certainly going to get more of them if he's on the wing rather than through the middle. And he's got the penalties and stuff like that as well. So that doesn't matter where he plays. So, yeah, I'm kind of hopeful that he will stay on the wing um, and, you know, pick up a few assists because I I back him to score from any part of the pitch. He's such a good player and he'll get chances regardless of where where he's playing. So, um, yeah, I was quite quite happy with that performance as an owner.
0: Mm, Yeah, well, someone who also is an owner, actually, um, of course, uh, is... uh... Sonny, <laughs> and uh, he always captains him. That's the rule. So when I saw the big haul from Son, I was like, I bet Sonny had a good week this week. So, yeah, 63 points. Uh, tell us uh, how proud you are of your little boy. Yeah, it's funny. You you
1: you think of um, Sonny having a good week when, when Son does well. I, I just panic straight away when <laughs> Son does well because I think, right, I could definitely lose this week. But the vice captaincy on Salah saved me. It was very close this week. It was 63 for me and 63 for Sonny's team. So this team wildcarded recently because it was a bit of a mess, but it still follows the rules for the most part in terms of the name. So Ederson with a two-pointer, Emerson blanked. Robinson with Fulham has been great recently for him with six points. Dawson blanked. Captain's for 34. Harry Wilson with a with a banger for a nine-pointer off the bench. Harrison and Johnson blanked. Brennan Johnson's been, you know, really good. And now that now that I think of it, it might be time to actually go back to the triple in the midfield now that Richarlison's back in action I need to add him to the watch list and maybe get him back in he would have beat me this week if he owned Richarlison uh, blanks for all the forwards Jackson, Ferguson and Odson, Edward um, so yeah maybe Richarlison needs to come back in for the Christmas period Sonny actually beat me midweek we didn't talk about it because we didn't have a video but he beat me that you know terrible midweek where I scored 28 points Sonny Soldier scored 36 points oh. so we are 16 game weeks into the season and I've been beaten three times by this team, which is not good enough. <laughs> I can't have Salah, Halland, Trippier, Trent. have managed to beat me three times, and, and almost beat me again this week, which would have made it a twenty five percent win percentage. So uh, I need to I need to be careful this week. I'm, I'm you know Son is Son's flying now, and he's got the good fixtures. So I'm going to be up against it most weeks. I think if I don't get my captaincy right. I'm probably going to be on the losing side (laughs) because I expect Sutton to have a good Christmas period.
0: So it's, it's a fun, it's a fun, fun team to, to look after. And it's definitely punching above its weight this season. (laughs) Well, I mean, of course, it is being guided by a very wise uh, sensei, we have to say. Uh, So, you know, whilst it is, you know, not the sort of team you want to lose to. I mean, the thing is, it's important to teach your children how to take losing. And it's also important to teach your children how to take winning as well. I have to do that with my eldest daughter sometimes. She can, when we play a game and she, perhaps with her sister and she wins, she's so excited about the fact that she won that she sometimes forgets about the feelings of her little sister and needs a gentle reminder that, you know, whilst we don't want to be a bad loser, we also don't want to be a bad winner as well. So he's got to win some, so you can teach him that kind of mindset. But also, um, I was going to ask you this question. What is your plan for Sonny's team when the Asia Cup comes around? Because this the centerpiece of this technology is Son is the captain. But you may have to change that. So perhaps there's some hope that when that happens, you're not so exposed to that anymore. You know what? I didn't even think about that for this team.
1: Uh, I'm looking elsewhere... Nicholas Jackson probably away, I would imagine. But apart from that, it's probably going to be all right. So yeah, it's obviously this is an auto captain son team. So what I'll probably do is just leave the captaincy on him, even though he's away, and just make sure the vice captain is decent. And you know, maybe just maybe stick with a Tottenham t- Tottenham captain, given that he's had a Tottenham captain all season. So Richardson probably comes in, and obviously his minutes should be better. When Son's away, also if he remains fit, so maybe Richarlison will pick up the mantle and uh, and become captain. Um, I do like the idea of of, of captain and Evan Ferguson in this team. Given that I'm Irish, Sonny's <laughs> actually technically not Irish. He's he's got his, his Scottish Scottish nationality. So. Uh, maybe maybe we need to make an exception and bring in a Scottish Scottish player. It's a shame Andy Robertson's not fit because he, he's eligible for this team. But of course, yeah. maybe we need to have a look at the, the Scottish players in the Premier League to see if there's anyone we can bring in for, for Sonny or, or maybe maybe Ferguson. We back Ferguson over the Christmas period, but his minutes are always a bit dodgy. So yeah, that's true. yeah it's probably going to be a, a Richardson or a, or a Brennan Johnson captain for, you
0: know, while Son's gone, I think. Scott McTominay would work though on the logic that Mac means son of. So Scott, son of Tominay. So you could go with him and he's Scottish. And is he not Scotland's like top goal scorer at the moment for the qualifier? Yeah, he's flying and he's, you know what? His, his underlying numbers are very
1: good in the Premier League as well in the last two games. You know, he's has getting five or six shots in the box uh, over the last yeah. two games. So maybe maybe we, we make an exception and McTominay can come in and do a job while, while
0: Son's away. <laughs> Never heard anybody say that. And I will never hear anyone say that again, probably <laughs> that exact sentence. <laughs> but hey, you know, we live in a very crazy world where Scott McTominay all of a sudden is uh, a dangerous goal threat. So we simply do what we can in Scott McTominay's world just to make it through. Um, let's have a look at the final order then, um, which uh, we have we've very sort of um, cryptically alluded to this man multiple times in this video. Um, and here we are. Order number three. Dominic Solanke is on the screen. And I, I didn't even notice until just now that we've obviously got a very distraught-looking Harry Maguire in the background, very much summing up the fact that Solanke really terrorised Man United in uh, game week uh, 16 and is very much on the watch list for people. So what is our final order?
1: Order number three this week is treat yourself to a Dominic Solanke for Christmas. He's <laughs> having a fantastic season and he's got very good fixtures coming up as well. Luton at home, Forest away, Fulham at home in the next three And those fixtures are perfect for wildcarders like ourselves because we can get them in for Luton Forest, maybe Fulham if we don't wildcard until game week 20. Three nice fixtures, good underlying numbers, Bournemouth performing very well, David's new favourite team, (laughs) Solanke Solanke in for Erling Haaland, another case of phrases I never thought I would say in FPL (laughs) this season. But... If we get bad news in Haaland, a lot of people will go to Solanke, especially if they already own Watkins. But like yourself, people, even who don't have Watkins, arguably Solanke is a better pick for the next three game weeks with the fixtures so good. So yeah, I I remember saying it about three or four weeks ago, not maybe not even two or three weeks ago. Solanke's great for this period because he's nailed, he's on penalties, got good fixtures. So I kind of I would like to follow through on my comments and, and finally bring him in. And uh, so I'm kind of, I'm actually kind of hoping Haaland is out, so I can, I can get Solanke in because let's face it, it's boring when everyone has Haaland and everyone <laughs> captains him. So I think it would make, make things more interesting if we had, add Solanke to the mix and then you know
0: make the captaincy decision a little bit harder each week if Haaland's not going to be an option. Hmm. Yeah, I think that would be very useful uh, for the game because I think some people would be put off Solanke just about from him being a Bournemouth player. I think he will still get lots and lots of signatures because he's cheap. But um, yeah, I think not everyone will go that way, which is what you want really. Um, Just looking at this, uh, just a couple of numbers, so he's the fourth-highest-scoring striker so far this season. Um, Funnily enough, the fifth-highest-scoring FPL striker this season is Kunya Wolves. I mean, there really are some some people in this bracket you would never expect. But yeah, so Solanke's 73 points. He's only actually scored seven fewer points than Alvarez. Um, He's 26 points off uh, Watkins, but as you say, fixtures are better for him. Um, It's four goals in the last five for Solanke as well, so he's really sort of hitting a good run. Of form and his underlying stats are brilliant and actually arguably are better than Watkins as well. So, in the last six, uh, Haaland's had 23 shots in the box in the last six, that's the most of any Premier League player. But um, Solanke's second for this stat with 21, so the only player with more shots in the box in this period is Haaland. Um, then, eight big chances again, he's second best for that, or actually, technically, joint second best. Uh, but for both of those stats, I should just say uh, he's ahead of both Watkins. He's head of, head of Watkins for both shots in the box and big chances by 21 shots in the box to Watkins 16, eight big chances to Watkins four. So he's actually had double that. He's had more shots on target as well. The only thing I'm marginally concerned about with Solanke is he's not quite as accurate as you'd like him to be because his seven shots on target is like the joint fourth best in the league, whereas those other stats, he's basically the second best for. And his goal conversion rate is 18.2%, which usually you want someone to be somewhere between 20 and 30. But the sheer volume of the shots should be enough to help this run keep going. Um, And the expected goal involvement as well, 5.05 in the last six matches. Again, the only player with a higher number there is Haaland. So again, it's another one of those things where if you you remove the guy's name and the guy's club and you were just told you could sign that guy with these fixtures, it's kind of a no-brainer in many ways. You almost might look at that and think, kind of might, is it Salah? You know, when you do those like guess the player from the stats, you might think, "Oh, it's Salah," and it's like, "Da da, it's actually Dominic Solanke." And some people will be like, "Oh well, in that case, I'm not interested." But that attitude is, I think, it will restricts you in terms of being able to to buy into informed players. So I think there's just, I think he's the best replacement personally, and I agree with you. I can't believe I'm saying it. <laughs> Solanke is the best yeah, Arnold replacement. I was thinking a lot there while you were talking. I think one of the hardest things to do in FPL, if you've
1: been playing it for a long time, is, is shaking off those biases from previous seasons. Yeah. And it's so important to do it. You you mentioned it earlier with Bournemouth defenders. We never touched them for years because they were never good, especially when Eddie Howe was there. They would be all out attack and concede lots of goals. But we need to completely forget about that now. And You, you play the season that's in front of you. You know Bournemouth are putting up good defensive numbers recently. Solanke is... Absolutely, he's been absolutely fantastic this season. Passes the eye test with flying colours every time I've watched him recently. Um I'm looking back on his numbers from previous seasons. He got one goal in 27-17-18. He got three goals in 2019-20. And last season he got six goals. So that is why we would always say, I'm not buying him, it's Dominic Solanke. But this season, eight goals already uh in 16 game weeks. So basically a, a goal every other game week. And I think there's there's assist potential in there as well. There's penalties and there's a fixture. So don't, if, if you're looking at it and you're thinking, oh, I don't want to go there, I've been there before, didn't work out, forget about that. He is a great pick at the moment. And, and he's very likely to be on my team if, if Haaland is sold.
0: Yeah, I think the more and more we talk about it, the more and more I feel like he will be my replacement. Whilst I don't have Watkins, I can just get Watkins the following week. Because I do think that, yeah, um, Villa away from home, uh, against Brentford I mean they are playing amazing it's not in any way to disrespect them at all but you know their their away results have not been as good so you know a lot of Watkins is in fantastic returns they all come at home so um, yeah I think that that is the difference maker between those two so yeah I think I'll be going for for Solanke as well as I said never thought we'd be here but here we are <laughs> heading to game week 17 and we're both planning on probably replacing Haaland with Solanke but hey we wouldn't know about that as a good option necessarily if it wasn't for fantasy football scout membership as well a lot of those numbers we've just gone through there came from there so once again another uh, just uh, opportunity for me to remind you off, get yourself sorted for Game Week 17 and ahead of that Christmas uh, run. If you've enjoyed this video, uh, then please uh, help us out by hitting that like button as well. Hit it so hard it gets suspended for Game Week 17. That's what we want you to do. Um, And then, of course, subscribe and hit that bell notification so that you uh, always get notifications of new videos. uh, And then we can just be more confident that we are fulfilling our promise to try and reach as many fantasy managers as we can. So, yeah, please, please do hit all those buttons. It's a great way to support the channel. And, of course, completely free uh, as well. That's all of the admin I need to uh, pass on to people. Mark, any last words from yourself? No, just
1: cheers, David. Always enjoy recording these. One of my favorite hours of the week. So thank you. And best of luck to yourself and the listeners and viewers for the next game week.
0: Thanks very much. Well, with that, we shall leave you fine folks to enjoy the rest of your preparation for Game Week 17. And we will see you next time. Goodbye.